Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, there's classic consoles and computers, there is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Only joking, or am I? We are the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast, talking about old arcade games. No first-person shooters around here, son. My name is Victor Marland, and he is... Sean, in your face, Holly. Pachow! Pachow, indeed. And we are your hosts this evening. (laughs) Well, old old Bean Sean, 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 Seany Sean, old carrot, how are you, and what have you been up to the past two weeks? Uh, I'm fine, thanks, Vic. And what I've been up to, I've been playing unhealthy amounts of Flicky. So unhealthily, your health has suffered by it, you mean? Uh, no. Have you been playing it by banging your face against the wall? No. Just... I'll just, cha- just change that then. I've been playing amounts of Flicky. Amounts of Flicky? Yeah. Tiny amounts what? or large amounts of Flicky? Large, I'm loads. being a bit pedantic here. So you, you carried on? Yeah, I love it. I've been speaking to John Monkus on Facebook, the unofficial world record holder. Yeah. And I've been asking him about the movements of that little annoying iguana guy called... Choro. Yes. And he said, for each, in, for each individual round, the, the iguana Choro moves exactly the same. It takes some time to learn his patterns and he's not influenced at all by what you do. So that's helped me that, just trying to learn his patterns and keep out of the way. Mm-hmm. Once you get into loop play, which is still a way off for me, he follows the <laughs> yeah, same right. patterns, but he gets faster and faster. So what I'm trying to do is, whichever comes first, I think get a million on it. Oh. And loop it, but I think I'll get a million first because wow. if if you can get the what do you call it the perfect round from round twenty eight to thirty four, which is rescue all eight POPOs, pew POPOs, rescue all eight of them in mm-hmm. the time limit, which in that that section of the game is fifty seconds. So it's oh, right, time. so you get a lot longer to do it. You get half a million bonus. Oh my lord! So that will take me around about to about one point two, one point three million when I get there. You can do it, Sean. You can get it if you really want. And I was so close about an hour ago. I was about honestly about two jumps away from doing it. Ooh! And got splatted. But it's uh, it's in the mix then. You're nearly there. I'm gonna do it. I love it. It's a fantastic game. Awesome. You know, a minute ago, I mentioned in the startup that we've not been playing first-person shooters around here. Yeah. That's a little bit of a lie. I've been playing some first-person shooters. Mm. It's weird for me, because I don't like them. I, sh- I certainly don't like modern games, but I managed to get Quake 1, 2, and 3 onto my new Mac. Because the oh, Mac isn't, yeah. isn't really a games machine, but you use... I've actually got the original CDs of Quake 1, 2, and 3 from the old PC days. I've still got Doom. Yeah, I've yeah, still got I've, the original I put Doom, Doom on there as well. I'm, I'm hopefully going to get Brutal Doom soon. And the reason yeah. I've been playing these games, they reminded me, is I've been listening to the Maximum Power Up. They did an id software special. They did. And they were talking about these kind of games. And they were the ones I used to play back on the PC. That When I first got a PC, I played a lot, a lot, a lot of Doom. And then when Quake came out, I lost my stuff on Doom. Oh, <laughs> Quake. I absolutely love Quake. I just love 
the fact that it had Nine Inch Nails, which is one of my favourite bands, uh, doing the music for it, and it was dark yeah. and gritty, and it used to scare you. I love it. So those old games I've been playing, but I play them with a mouse and keyboard like they should be played. Mm. So I've been really getting into those. And I'm also been addicted to Ladybug. A bug Abs- of ladies? A bug of ladies. I've absolutely been, been bitten by it. Bitten mm. by the bug, as it were. Yeah. And the reason for that, I was playing a few 16-in-1 games on that cabinet I've been refurbishing, I did a nice panel for, and I've been playing lots of games I've not played before, and this was one of them I used to think I liked, and I absolutely love it now. I've been getting more and more points every time I play it, learning all the little secrets, little play tips. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Really, really like it. Mm. I've also been playing Astro Blaster as well. Mm-hmm. I had a few games of that. Not as many, but um, I've certainly been playing it and trying to get my high score, but I'm still not brilliant at it. Mm. Probably about th- Cos- you've been playing Cosmic Allen, it says here. I've been playing Cosmic Allen as well, and I got over 34,000, which is my top score. That's a huge score. It's pretty good for that game because it's quite a low scoring game, isn't it? I think when I was at yours, I got about 17, was it? That's, or even less than that? That's a good that. score. Anything past level 7 is a good score. Because yeah. when mm. you get to level 7, you get a little sort of um, a, a piece in between each level. You, get the, you know the big alien baddie, the big massive one? He comes across yeah. and says what level you're on. I got up to level 9 or 10 when I was playing it. Wow. This is good. Mm, well I like done. it a lot. love that game. What else have you been up to? I've been to the Batcave, the monthly Batcave. Yeah. And I did a little bit of live commentary on a Show Me Games Twitch feed of Goldeneye. Oh, Show Me Games. I've seen them on Twitter. Yes. Cool. And I was trolling him a bit by talking about Golden Axe. <laughs> I said, do. where's the dwarf with the little potions? And there's another Golden Axe. And those lizardy things with the whippy tails. So I don't think I was very good at uh, commentary. Anyway. Sounds fun, though. Do you know what I realised, though? What do you realise? I was playing a shmup. I think it was called Layer Cake. Not Layer Cake. Uh, layer Section. Yes. Layer Cake's a film with James Bond in. Mm. I was playing that with a D-pad, and I suddenly realised, you know, I've been spoiled with these arcade controls for so long. I just can't use D-pads. I am terrible. Neither can I. I um, it's embarrassing. When I was setting up my Mac for different emulators and stuff, and, and the Mac isn't brilliant for MAME, it's really not, and I've actually yet to set up an old PC just to get the MAME stuff on for the podcast. And I first started playing, not with my, my horrid joystick, I played with a, a Afterglow Xbox 360-style pad. And I, it's very good for the console games, but I played it on that, and I just couldn't get into using a D-pad. It's just mm. not as precise, is it? It's no, not it's... as tactile. You're only moving a, sl- a slight amount with your thumb, with your left thumb. Mm. And I play on joystick. It depends which games I'm playing, but I play sometimes with my left hand and sometimes with my right hand. And on a pad, that is impossible. Yeah, I just... I think I think we've been spoiled with these excellent controllers we have now and the arcade controls, and you've got to use a stick with a shmup. You really have. I don't say spoiled. I say that's the real way of doing it. I suppose so. It's yeah, the real yeah. way. Mm. I'm a bit of a purist like that. But yeah, stick and buttons any day of the week, mate. Any day of the week. What else have you been up to? Well, I've been changing the neon colours on our logo. I tasked you with that, didn't I? It took me a long time to work out how to do it, actually, to just change the colour of the word arcade. You are a shopping genius. <laughs> Not Photoshopping genius. And then when I did work it out, I went bonkers, didn't I? Sending you all sorts of colours. You sent me a brown one. That wasn't nice. That's one for Uncle Pooh, you said. Yep, that's definitely one for Uncle Pooh. Brown neon. Uncle Pooh. But the reason I tasked you with doing that is I want to use our logo for the artwork on my Marco on my machine and my little generic jammer cabaret. Mm. I want to use the long logo for the marquee and use the square one for the side with the 10Ps on it. I might even have our stupid faces on player one and player two buttons. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Quite cool. <laughs> 
Um, I've also been working away on, on the arcade uh, whilst playing Ladybug, maybe, on your optical control box with the trackball and spinner, because we, oh, we will need that for the future. Mm. More about that later. We will need some optical controls, mm. because I have also finished my optical control panel for that machine, because I've got interchangeable panels on it. There's just two little clips inside. You undo those, take the panel off, and there's like a a 19-pin D-plug on there connected to the actual machine. So you pull it out, put the next one in, and off you go. Mm-hmm. Because the 16-in-1 has actually got um, a control wire for it to use on optical. So you can play on things like uh, Breakout, Arkanoid, Centipede, and Millipede, stuff like that. So play with the optical controls. So I've actually done one for myself now. Yeah. So I'll have proper arcane controls in there to play Centipede, which is really cool because you cannot play with a joystick. It just doesn't work very well. You need that precise yeah. movements with it. Yeah. And I've also been doing the same thing for Simon Den's machine, because he, he gave me this machine um, because I was going to help him out make a panel and do up his machine for himself. So I've actually done his panel now as well. I had to do quite a lot of surgery to his panel because we're using the original metal panel, which is a bent-up panel, with another piece of aluminium bolted to the top of it, and you can't see the bolt holes because it's all hidden. Mm. And I had to redo holes in it for the game he wants to play on there, which he's keeping under his hat at the moment because it's going to go in the four-quarters bar. Oh, right. So I've done that. I've got a few little bits of filling to do in it because where, where the metal goes on, I want to sort of make it smooth transitions. When you put the control panel overlay over it, it's going to be so you don't see it. So it looks like an original panel. You won't realise it's been sort of modified. Yeah. I've been busy with that work. I've also been busy. I finished the boxes for my Vectrex controllers I was making, the aluminium boxes. Yeah. I've got 10 of them machined up now. And the, the top plates, the Perspex plates, are also done as well. And all they've got to do now is when my boss comes back from holiday, I'm going to get the boxes black anodized, which is a chemical process of making them black in colour. And then I will machine through the black anodized, because it's very, very thin. It's only microns thin. Machine through that on the side to do the Vectrex logo engraved on the side. And then it's just a case of assembling them all with with Sarge. And then we will be selling them. Is there... Have I got this right? There's two Vectrex logos. There's the US one and the European one. Is that right? I've no idea. The one I'm using is sort of the, the square aligned one. You know mm. what I mean? I didn't know there's two... Oh, yeah, there is two different logos. I think there's one that goes that was on the box and the one actually on the, the panel. I can't remember. I think GCE had one and Milton Bradley had one, I think. Yeah. I might have got that I'm right. I'm not sure which one I'm using, but it's the sort of, um, the sort of pointier shaped one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Very happy also to hear new No Quarter podcast. They've been off for quite a few months now. Mm. But they've come back, and they've come back on excellent form. Jeff had a good interview with Owen Rubin, which was really good. He was the guy who did Space Duel. Mm. And that is a cool game. And he was talking about that a lot. He's done a few, but I can't think what they are. I'll have to look that up. Also, I've been listening to uh, the podcast from the guys at the Pie Factory podcast, and they, they did a really cool interview as well with Brian Colin who was the designer of Rampage, Arch Rivals, Xenophobe, just to mention a few of the games. And he seems a great guy. And he hangs out the Galloping Ghost. That's where they did the mm. interview with him. He yeah. seems a really cool bloke. And he's got a load of fun stories to share. I really, really enjoyed that interview with him. We had a quite a long interview with him, and it's really, really good. It's a shame we don't live in America, actually. Perhaps get older of some of these guys, especially actually meet them and, and talk to them about their games. That would be really cool. It would be good. Also, I've been on my little visits. I visited Harry Bolt. Remember we mentioned Harry Bolt before? You Saints, brother. Yep, that's the one. No, Harry yeah. Bolt, the jazz musician, he's got a little arcade in his house. <laughs> and because I've been helping him out, he's actually going to get me some tickets for Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club, and I'm going to watch him play Wow! Uh, in March, which would be quite good. I'm not really into jazz, but 
that would be an experience, I think. It was really fun in New Orleans listening to jazz. It was quite good. Are you into jazz hands? Yes, I've got jazz hands. I like jazz <laughs> But I went to Harry's, and he's, every time I go around there, he's got a new flipping machine. And he's, he's, he's a lot younger than us. He's only like in his ooh, 20s, I think. And he said, oh, I've got to show you my new machine. I was like, oh, here we go. It's a flipping gun game again. It is actually a gun game. But this one, I had a quick go of it, and it was quite fun. It's a game called Ocean Hunter by Sega. Have you ever heard of it? I have not, no. Neither had I. It's a big machine, sort of like um, you sit on a, a bench, and it's got like base boosters in the bench and stuff. It's a huge flat screen, but it's not a gun game as you li- you pick the guns up and shoot at the screen. You've got a crosshair, and you've got these like Gatling guns that move backwards and forwards. They've got a bigger recoil on them, and you've got to shoot these. You're sort of underwater, and these big sharks come up with their big teeth come towards you, and you've got to shoot these sharks and, and sea snakes and mori eels and these horrible things in the sea. Right. And it's actually quite a fun. It's, it's an on-rail shooter. It's sort of like um, it's sort of like House of the Dead, but with mm. fish. Fish of the Dead. And it's not you don't point the gun at the screen. You just use your crosshairs. You move the thing around. And it reminds yeah. me more of Starblade, which he's also got. Right. Like that. But he said to me, "Oh, you might be able to look at this." Because I went around to help him with his Asteroids Deluxe monitor. He's got this little squiggle on the side, and he's going to change over some transistors. But I realised they didn't have these little insulating micas you got to put on them so they don't touch the metal part of the the, the screen. Mm. So I couldn't do that. He said, oh, can you have a look at this? So oh, go on then. And Player One's Gatling gun wasn't giving the recoil, wasn't pumping backwards and forwards when you pressed the button. But when I listened to it, I could hear something whirring inside. So I said, oh, the, the motor sounds okay. I bet you something just fell off inside. And if I remind you of last show's technical tips, when I talked about mm. using your common sense, yeah. that is what fixed this. I said, right, let's get it apart a minute. So I undid some screws around the cow. There's a big cowling around it that sort of plastic guards that hold it in. And I had a look inside, and I said, I bet, I bet you something's fell off. And I got it, and it was filthy inside, because it had been an arcade before. I said, look, told you, look at that. And he looked at it, and it's like a little sort of arm that's got a, a round piece that goes on a shaft, and the shaft goes backwards and forwards, and the arm, it just fell off. It's got a little screw in it. It looks like it jutted itself free over time, and the arm it just fell off. Oh. So you, you could see this, 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 this shaft going backwards and forwards, but it wasn't attached to the gun anymore. Oh, does I put it back on there? It's like a little keyway shaft. Put it back on there. Did the Allen key up near it. Bosh, working again. Lovely. Lovely. He was well happy. So he's got um, gun, gun shooty, vibrate things on both guns now. <laughs> but that was a really odd machine. I've never seen it before in the arcades. It's quite a modern game. I think I it was on. Even heard of it, I think it was on Sega Model Three hardware, which is sort of your Daytona type era. Ah. So it wasn't quite as new as Naomi. Ninety-eight. Yeah, that's that sort of age. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's quite a good little game, I suppose, that sort of thing. Mm. Also, this morning, my eldest boy, Anthony, came round, and he brought his wife and his small people with him, my grandkids. Mm. Riley is obsessed with Darth Vader, which is odd for a three-year-old. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. Yes. And Ruby is obsessed with Peppa Pig, which is not so odd. Mm. I had to get him some toys, obviously, because it was Christmas recently. I didn't see him over Christmas, so I bought him some toys. Mm. Riley got a Darth Vader backpack and Darth Vader trainers, and he flipped out when he saw them and started putting all his toys in them and running around the house. <laughs> and Ruby got a Peppa Pig dinosaur train and piggy computery thing that makes noise when you press the buttons. Yeah. Beep, beep, and things like that. Rolf. <laughs> I also got Riley playing Pac-Mania on my Mac with a stick, with arcade stick, and he loved twiddling the stick and pressing the buttons on it. Yeah. But oh, the thing was, he liked when Pac-Man died more than anything. Because you know when it goes, woo, 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 boop? I was going, yeah. at the end of it. And he yeah. kept making the noise when it died. He loved it. <laughs> I actually gave him uh, one of my spare buttons. So he's got a button to press now. So practice when he's older. Much hilarity to a three-year-old, that. Mm. 
Well, anything else before we do arcade news? I think that's it, sir. Well then, let's do arcade news. Nerg, Nerg, Nerg. That's alert! My, that's my Nerg alert, my Nerg sound. That's Nerg great. is coming in July, the start of July. And we, you and me, yep. are going to cover the event. 2nd and 3rd of July. Yeah, we'll be there. I can't wait. I've got on to Big Phil, the organiser of the event. Yeah. And we're going to speak to him. I think he got a bit of a cold at the moment, so we couldn't really speak mm. to him this week. But I'm going to speak to him hopefully next week. And mm. he'll tell us from time to time what's going on with Nerg. All the new things that are popping up. Because every, every two minutes, new things are popping up to go on with Nerg. Yep. They're announcing certain things that are coming, what games they've got there, all this sort of stuff. And hopefully, we'll get some more information out of him for it. Mm. Yeah, it'd be good, that. Nerg is a really good, uh, is a really good event, and I've been planning on going since last year's event. As soon as it finished, I'm going next year, definitely. It's definitely, yeah, definitely. it's one of them. We've mentioned it quite often, but it's just mm. one of the best, if not the best, event. I yeah, think. really friendly event. Everyone gets yeah. on with each other. There's loads of mates of ours go there. We always have a laugh. Yeah, always go out and have a curry and a beer later on with the guys, all the sort of regulars. It's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. I'm sure it is. I know it's going to be a lot of fun already. So I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward mm. to that. It's one event this year I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to. Mm. Without a doubt. Oh, no. Got to share a hotel room with you again, old Snorri. Yeah. Snorri I, I do like me snoring as, as I get older. I'm not a fan of your snoring. I seem to be snoring more. Mm. Mm. I'm going to have to smother you with a pillow. I wake up with bruised ribs, and I know why. Yeah, wife. Wife. Ow! Oof! Ah! Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I've also, on Tinternet, I've been, you you alerted me to this, some arcade blogs from some of the guys who I actually know who are usually on UK VAC. The mm. first one is Tony Temple's The Arcade Blog. Mm. We've put some show notes in our show notes for some links for people to go on there. That's what they're called. It's illegal. Yeah. And you should go and listen to, or go and watch, read The Arcade Blog by Tony Temple. He's the Missile Command champion mm. and all-round good guy. Yes. He's got an Asteroids potentiometer for me so I can sort my asteroids volume out he's going to send it to me oh excellent lovely 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 mm. so you can go and destroy my high scores again thanks thanks mm, for that lovely yep. mm. the, the arcade blog the other one I've been looking at is Ben Foster's who's known as Purity on the UK VAC arcade collector's blog which is full of cool stuff he does all mm. sorts about arcades all sorts about his machines his repairs he's been doing a lot of fun they're both mm. really well written as well really interesting so we're mm. going to put them on the show in the show notes there's a few of them, yeah. If anyone else has got the arcade blog they want to um, promote, send it to us. We'll have a look at it. If we think it's pretty good, we'll put it on a show notes so everyone can look at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Right, some arcade news. Jersey Jack's The Hobbit Pinball is finally shipping after a long time in development, and it's been spotted out in wild in America. So. What, in forests and stuff, in canyons? When you say out in the wild, I think it's like it's been sold to people. That's what really... Oh, uh, not a jungle. No, not, no. Okay. When I say wild, I mean the, the urban jungle. Yeah, the concrete jungle, baby. <laughs> A lady called Lisa Myers got onto me via email. She's creating an infographic, whatever one of those is, it sounds good, mm. on the top 50 gaming blogs and wants us to be part of it. Yes, we do. Uh, hopefully more of that in the future. We will be promoting that. Do you know infographics are nearly as good as spreadsheets? Oh, I thought you'd like them. It's a collection of information in pictorial form that that is just, uh, well, the best ones are just great. You're looking confused. I, I can see some infographics on your wall behind you there. I think that's just, um, no, that's nothing. That's just a, a stain. 
They, <laughs> they didn't know that. You're oh, ruining it. It's oh, the magic yeah. of podcasts. Oh, yeah. Also, a chap called Peter Decker is the owner of ArcadeUniverse.net and is mapping as many arcades as he can around the world. And he's got 138 so far, which is quite nice. He's looking for publicity and obviously more arcades. So everyone, go look at his site and submit any arcades you may know of, and we'll put details of that in the show notes, arcadeuniverse.net. Yes. And it's about this time of the year, the Shmups Forum vote for their top 25 Shmups of all time. Of 2015? Yeah, well, no, they, they vote for all time, but this is the, the latest vote, which oh, I yeah. think was... I think he's just finished. So, mm. you know the game that you were having a right go at last time, Battle Garega? Battle Garage. Battle Garage. That yeah. is their number one. I noticed there was a lot, a lot of cave games in there. There and is. Also, the, you know, the, the, the Forerunners to Cave. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing I thought was really cool is a lot of the games, nearly all of them were arcade conversions. Yeah, yeah. There was only one or two that weren't in the arcade. You know, modern games, whatever, Xbox 360, uh, PlayStation, all that sort of stuff. Mostly arcade games. Yeah, there's a lot of love for Confetti Hell on there. There is indeed. You've got Ketsui, Mushi Himasama, Futari, Dodonpachi, Amplis, Batrider, Crimson Clover. What's that? You oh, played it's... it in my house, you fool. Oh, yeah, brilliant. I've one, one of the new X2 games. Oh, oh yeah, of oh, course, yeah. Dodonpachi, Rayforce. In fact, you have to go down to... Right near the bottom, isn't it, before you get any uh, PC-type things. Gradius 5. I was playing that at Batcave on, mm. PS, on PS2. Gradius 5 was in the arcade, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, well, it's got PS2 here. Okay. But I'd had a few cans and I was embarrassingly bad on it. So You can't trust you if you have a few cans of Diet no, Coke. No. R-Type. Number 14, R-Type. That's the first non-bullet hell. So I could shoot it, though. We'll tell you what. Those guys know what they're talking about, so we'll let them off. Mm. I wouldn't agree Shmup. with them, but they are good, they're all good shooter games. Shmup stuff. Shmup, shmup, lovely. Star Wars Battle Pod is adding an episode seven stage. Ooh, that's come out early because the, the film's been delayed, hasn't it? The new film. That's it. I'm not too into the Star. I think they're good films, but I'm not. I don't mm. rave about them like a lot of people do. But apparently, the newer film has been delayed a year or something, and everyone's going Meh! over it. I, I I like the original trilogy. This yes, this definitely just, the original ones. Yeah, this one I thought was pretty good, but nothing special. And I've had it right. Yeah, yeah. Pasting on Facebook from people saying it was brilliant. Well, it's, not, it's just like a rerun of. It was a remake, and that's what all the fans wanted. It's a good yeah. film. I, lo- I yeah. love I love sci-fi films. Mm. So it's just another one to the good sci-fi good films. Very very good. So I was asking on the UK Vac forum. I put, this is one of the good things about modern arcades. Operators can extend the life of their existing games with extra levels. Definitely. I, I wonder if they have to pay for them, or is it like free DLC? Ooh, we don't like download content, do we? And Andy Geezer yep. has replied, he says, this game uses NB, NB line, which, has, which I presume is Namco Bandai line or something. Oh, yeah. Which is like a pay-as-you-go phone. You have to ah, keep, yeah, yeah. You have to keep paying Namco money for the machine to keep it operational. Mm-hmm. It has to be connected online, disconnect it, and after a period, it will not boot. Yeah. Uh, until the game is reconnected, so that's a bit restrictive, isn't it? Well, the thing is, because those machines are earning a lot of money, I think they do do that. Because also, before Namco did it, Sega were doing it. You know the little machines a lot of people convert, the, the, the Dino Kings and the Love and Berries and the Mushy Kings? Yeah. They have a little, um, you use cards in it and you've got to buy the cards and it obviously spits out cards for the kids to collect and something to play the games with. But that's got a little token thing in there you need to, to use on it to get the game to work. And after when it wears out and you don't buy a new one from Sega, 
the game becomes unusable. It just doesn't boot. God. So it's been used for a while. But you imagine those little Mushy King games, I think they're a pound a go, and you get one card out of each one. They, they, they fill them up with like 500 cards at a time. It's 500 pounds straight away from a set of yeah. cards. So you can make money on them, keep making money on them all the time. And obviously mm. Sega want their cut out of it. So, you know, yeah. so it goes. Yeah. There was a little bit of a rumour going around the interwebs that Bandai Namco were halting arcade development, but they're not. Not true! Ar- arcade good. Heroes, Adam Pratt got in touch with them, and, and Frank Cosatino, Senior Vice President of Bandai Namco, said there's many new titles on the way. Excellent. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. And also, Sega are doing well. Sega plans new indoor theme parks as part of global expansion. And hopefully there will be... Uh... Sonic and all that IP you know, themed. That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? It's actually Sega Sammy now. It has been for years, isn't it? Yes. But, so Sega still lives on, and well, the name, really. And they're expanding, so that's good. Well, Sammy did stuff like Guilty Gear, didn't they? Yeah, they've done a couple. They didn't do many, but they did quality stuff, didn't they? Mm, yeah, definitely. Mm. Also, Ground Control, the arcade in Portland, which I went to a few years ago, is expanding. Yeah, they're buying the cafe next door, and they're going to have a cafe. They've knocked it through and have a cafe with games in and stuff. So they've got more more room there. Mm, that'd be good. You're not going to have to do now, don't you? I have to go back to Portland. Mm, is that close look. to Chicago or not? No, opposite side of the country. About twenty minute, half hour drive. Mm, maybe a bit more than that. <laughs> Probably thirty odd hours drive. I expect. Oh wow, well. America's well, massive, man. The thing is, wife and I have, we keep discussing moving to america one day mm. maybe not just yet but you know the state of this country moan moan mm. grumble grumble and all that sort of stuff uh, maybe we'll move there one day because portland uh, is a really hip hipster type weird place it's yeah. a, a lot of cool a lot of cool goes on in portland and that mm. area you're sort of north of california as well and that sort of thing and seattle's not too far away as well so that's pretty cool i'm thinking of becoming a hipster you've already got the beard yeah i could grow the beard really long Twiddle, you know, put some sort of beads and things in it. Yeah, wear, wear very warm beanie hats indoors and stuff like that. Yeah, get yourself a penny farthing. Yeah. 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 Why not? Could do it. JPO, J A E P O, think this stands for the Japanese Amusement Expo, has just finished as we record this. Wish I could have gone to that. Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, so Arcade Heroes have done a couple of articles on that. Check that out. There's some really weird, bizarre rhythm games. One of them looks like a robot washing machine yeah. has had a fight with a large white steering wheel. I'm not sure how to take that, but I'll take it. <laughs> I, I bet you it's a lot of fun to play. Those yeah. Japanese rhythm, rhythm games, you sort of think, oh, I'm not going to play that. It's a kid's game. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. They are a lot of fun when you get into them. They're really addictive. Ubeat is the one I keep banging on about, and I wish there was one over here to play in the UK. A lot of them are reaction-based games, testing your speed and reflexes, aren't they? A lot yeah, of them. definitely. Which is what, really cool. Which is what you love when you play an arcade game. Mm. Also, there's a little... For all, all you non-purists out there, there is a little article on Instructables.com entitled The World's Most Affordable and Easy easiest to build arcade machine it's built out of one sheet of plywood well you know me i am a purist yeah but i love that site i absolutely love that site they've got so many projects on there to build and it makes it really easy for people and this little arcade machine it's a flat screen affair Mm. i actually approve of it Mm. it's very thin and it looks like you just pick it up and pop it in in a closet somewhere 
Yeah, but it's so the thing about that, right? It's not for us, you know. We like the heavy old machines with the CRTs and the big control panels and all this sort of stuff. But we've we're lucky enough to have enough room to put them somewhere. A lot of people don't have that. I mean, they live in a small flat, or you know, they've got kids running around. They can't leave a big arcade machine where people bump into it. This thing is absolutely perfect for them. So you can have a proper joystick, proper buttons, nice screen, and you could just use it and play games on it like they should be. And this thing's really cool, and it looks quite easy to make as well, especially for people yeah. who are not too au fait with. You know DIY tools and everything. I really approve of it. You know, if, mm. if the common man or woman can play an arcade machine, I'm all for it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's a, quite a good idea. Mm. And some bad news: Rest in Pixels, Dave Needle, mm-hmm. who has passed away recently. He was instrumental in the completion of the Lo- the Lorraine project, which oh, yeah, became Amiga. the Amiga 1000. Yeah. He was also one of the main engineers of the custom sh- chips of the Amiga. Later, he co-invented the Atari Lynx and the 3DO interactive multiplayer. And also, I looked a little bit into him, and he also made the Star Trek arcade game with a guy called Jerry Lawson. Oh, what, the captain's chair one? The old Vector game? Yeah, the, the very, it's very... I had a little go on MAME. It's weird to play. It's a bit weird to play on MAME, but when you play it in the chair, like you would you know, be Captain Kirk, I mm. played that at um, Fun Spot. It's a lot of fun. It's a really clever machine. Mm, yeah, think, a, w- a weird Sega old Vector, colour Vector game. I think that's the only one he did, but yeah. Beautiful to look at, the machine. It's really rest nice. In pixel, rest in pixels, Dave Needle, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame these old developers are dying, but you know they're getting old now, these guys. They were you know, pioneers back 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, more Skycursor oh, oh. news. More oh, Skycursor oh. news. The machine they installed at the Underground Retrocade in Chicago has had a facelift. They put full wrap side art on it. And it's got mm. Loki, the, the big skull monster on the side of it. God, it looks good. It's really, really nice. The old artwork they had on the side of the machine was just a plain colour on the side and then sort of a white logo of their Griffin Aerotech logo. This new one has got full colour art- artwork. It's a big, monstrous skeleton head on the side of it, and it looks absolutely amazing. Yes. That is the machine that's actually in my Fantasy Arcade mm. that we do on the bottom of our, of, our, of our website. That is in there. It's that one. That was in my mind when I was thinking of it. <laughs> Have a look at our Facebook page. There's a picture on there as we speak. It's brilliant. So nice. Yeah. yeah. That's about all the news, I think. If you've got any news out there in listener land, send in to us. We'll talk about it. Mm. Now, as tradition has it, we do... Pickups. So, tell me what you've had, because you don't normally have a lot. You have got one thing, which is quite I've a fun thing. I've got one thing, yeah. Tell it me about a little, it. A little Kickstarter, which is a pack of Top Trump's cards. Oh. Called Home Computers, 1974 to 1990. That's and my was... kind of thing. And it was successfully funded, so I got the pack early. And there's like 40-odd cards cool. range, ranging from the Altair, which was like one of the very early machines. Yeah, switchy machine with lights and switches. Right up to like... Or, in fact, there's a Raspberry Pi card in. Oh, which really? Is, yeah, it's just like... A, it looks like a, a kind of Joker card. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a different colour, because it's obviously not 1990. Yeah. As, and um, yeah, there's some great stuff in there. It's just I just read him actually for the information. Some of the old computers, I know they're like the Apple Macs and that was so expensive, but the oh, processing yeah, yeah. power they had like like a five megahertz. Well, processor. That's, that's quite a lot actually. The original Apple II was mm. one megahertz, and then the, the, the home computers out at the same time, like Commodores and that, one megahertz. Yeah, so they were so powerful for the time. I think some of the old computers were actually in kilohertz. They were less than one megahertz. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, they're, they're brilliant. That's such a good little thing. I used to love Top Trump. My favourite Top Trumps back in the day were the, the horror packs. There were two different horror packs. Yeah. I think the top, the top Trumps were like um, Dracula and Death. And, yeah. and stuff like that. You I know, think they, I remember them. They were really colourful. They were really horrible as well. I mean, they weren't really for kids. They were, you know, people mutilating each other and stuff. But they were, they, you know, Top Trumps were pretty cool. I think I'd, I think I had dinosaurs and monsters as well, which are quite good. I, I like the sort of evil ones, the kids' ones, that, like monsters and stuff, rather than trucks and, and vans and stuff. I had the monster yeah. ones, quite good. I've not had a lot this week either, actually, but I have had from Pete Han in The Galloping Ghost. He sent me an extra large T-shirt for Galloping Ghost. I'm wearing it at the moment. Thank you very Excellent. much. Mm. Because when I went there, they only had large, and the large fitted me. But I like to be—I like to wear big, baggy T-shirts when I wear them. I don't like to be yeah. restricted because I'm like a caged tiger. Me when I move, <laughs> well, maybe a tranquilized tiger, I suppose. So I got that. That came through the post. I was really happy to have that. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I'll put on my notes here. Hopefully, my massive order from Arcade Japan has arrived, but it hasn't arrived by now. I think we're waiting for the forty buttons I ordered. I ordered forty twenty-four mil arcade buttons for the Vectrex controllers I'm making. So wow. they're not quite here yet, but we want those because some of the stuff for Simon is in there. Mm-hmm. I think I ordered myself two more joysticks. I'm going to do another panel for my generic arcade machine, so I can put another panel there with two joysticks and one yeah. button in the middle, so I can play Rescue and Robotron, Robotron and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Robot Ron. Robot Ron. Mm-hmm. Just before we leave pickups, those cards, those home computer cards. Mm-hmm. I think the Centre for Computing History have picked up about 100 packs, so they will be selling them when they get them. Oh, I might get some when we go there. So you can pick them up from there, yeah. Mm, that is quite interesting. Mm. I tell you what they should do. Arcade game top trumps. Yeah. That's my idea. Don't copy anyone. Patented, copyright, TM. Do you know I've thought of this before? Because you could do stuff like whether it's vertical or horizontal, uh, what processor it's got in it, what sound chips it's got in it. Uh, how popular it was in the arcade, what, how many different cabs they had, you know, like cocktail, cabaret, upright, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, the categories would be a bit... I was, I was thinking, like, popularity is another sort of dodgy subject. So you could say, Robotron was a 9 out of 10 game, and then you could have, like, Flicky as a 5 out of 10. 1 but out maybe, of 10. But maybe not, you see, because I like Flicky more than Robotron. Well, you can get stats on those games to see how well they did in the arcade, you know, how, how much mm. they earned in the arcade. Because obviously stuff like... The big hitters would be Pac-Man, Galaxian, Space Invaders, Donkey Kong, all that sort of stuff. They made a fortune for the companies back in the day. Yeah, it's quite good. You could probably do that, I think. I was I was looking at it, and my just to get the essential games in a Top Trumps pack, the Top Trumps pack would have to be 1,072 cards. It would. It'd be quite a big pack, wouldn't it? You couldn't even yeah. lift them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can get... You know, um, they did the Top Trumps for arcade people. I think Walter ah. Day did them, didn't he? I don't think it's the top trumps, yeah. but it's, it's, it's collector's cards you can get. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think Tony Temple's on there, the, the Missile Command guy, and our friend John Studley, the Pac-Man guy. Yeah. And obviously people like Walter Day and, you know, all those sort of interesting people in the arcade. We're sadly not on there yet, you and me. Mm, hint, no. hint, anyone listening, we'd like a card with my silly face on it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'd love that. It would make my day. I'd have it framed on the wall. It'd be good, wouldn't it? In the toilet, obviously. You have, you have them as business cards. Have you seen my card? Have you seen my card? I've actually got 10 pence arcade business cards, so I keep forgetting to put them on my wallet. I must do that so I can hand them out to people like a mm. sort of stupid businessman. So that's it. We haven't got a lot this week. I've been busy making stuff and playing rather than collecting. Yeah. So we'll get on to Feedback. 
Yes, there's been plenty of people enjoying the Flicky podcast. Aaron Gidman, uh Alex from Nintendo Arcade, Chris Smith, who actually suggested Flicky. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, okay. Which is a fantastic move. I'm eternally, mm. eternally grateful. Mm. And also, we've been having a lot of praise for the Ten Pence Orchestra. You say praise. I, I, I read complaints. I, I read it as praise. Maximum Paul from Maximum Power Up. He wants to know when they're on tour. So he doesn't have to attend. Actually, they are on tour at the moment in the Ribble Valley area, a number of barns to an audience of captive livestock. Okay. Is this mm. is this before they go to the uh, the knackers yard to the abattoir? I think this just cheers them up. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm. I must before you go any further. I have <laughs> yeah. to I have to tell the listeners. You say the Ten Pence Arcade Orchestra. Yeah. You mean you? No, listen. We do not know who these guys are. They're secretive. They're brilliant. We do. We. It's nothing to do with us two. But I can I can specifically categorically state <laughs> I have got nothing to do with it, listeners. Nothing. Well, rumour is they're back. They're back. Rumour has it. Yeah. Daniel Robbins has put, I may or may not have caught myself singing the tune in the car, you see. Hey, Daniel, what are you so like? You're, you're so fine, you blow my mind. And how you know do you words. unlisten to the Hey Flicky song, says Tronads? That's There's kind, the first complaint. That's kind of praise. Mm. Lewis Batcave. Oh dear, Hey Flicky song is now stuck in my head. Time to get a chisel and a hammer for a DIY lobotomy. <laughs> See, that's just telling me it's so good that it's stuck in his head. Yep, like yep. A, one of those little earworms gets in yeah. there. Arch Hakon has put, not sure <laughs> if he will ever fully recover from that musical interlude. No, neither will uh, I, because when I was a kid, I yeah. really liked the Tony Basil song, Hey Mickey. Yeah, and I, I used to really like it because I think it was in the charts. Oh, nineteen eighty-three, something like that. It was about ten. I used to because the video was really cool. It was all it was all these uh, cheerleading girls dancing because she was a famous choreographer. Yeah, and I like that. And you've ruined it for me. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> you sent me a picture, didn't you, on Facebook, which which was Tony Basil scowling. Says Tony's not happy. Not with happy. You. <laughs> this this yeah. is why I don't let you edit the podcast. Yeah. Just wait, there's there's more to come, Vic. It's oh, amazing. So I've heard, so I've heard, they've, they've messaged me. Anyway, real feedback. Another yeah. one from Danielle. Thank you, Danielle, for your feedback. Thank you so much for the, did you say resident ping? It's a, a resonant ping. She was listening to in the car, so she couldn't hear properly. Mm. But it's nice to hear someone else records us to CD and listens in the car. Mm. Perhaps she didn't, know. Maybe not. Mm. John Munkus, who's our... A resident, not a resident, a resident decent games player who seems to know mm. quite a lot about these games. Yeah, uh, Loving the podcast, really great stuff. Would like to point out, though, that the arcade of, version of Flicky does not give you a congratulations on the credit screen. That's the Mega Drive version when you get to level 48, is it? Or is it double that? It, no, it's, well, I think it might be 48 on Mega Drive. Mm. It loops at 48 anyway. Yeah. Likewise, the speed does not reset on the arcade version until you overflow the counter that tracks which round you're on, level 99. Very excited for the Astro Blaster podcast. We'll try to participate in the scoring contest for that. Would like to point out that the Arcadia Retrocade Mappy sits right next door to Flicky. Mm, nice Talks about Mappy, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. Gary James Harris says Flicky was a cracking game on the Master System. Oh, didn't the know. Master oh, the System master. as well. Cool. Mm. Maximum Paul from the Maximum Power Up. Listening to the latest Tenpence Arcade podcast while stripping. Hmm? The wallpaper in the front room. Oh, 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 oh you oh, cheeky oh. chimp. Oh, cheeky, cheeky Great chimp. episode again, guys. Ollie Alpha 1 saw my flicky high score table. 
and he's disappointed that my initials are not IYF in your face. They're SAH. Yes. Sean Arsenio Holly. Alice is my middle name. Okay. Ed Horse with his hooves. Hooves. Loves loves the picture and the podcast. Thank you. Excellent. Ian Ski, the podcast is still just as charming and as interesting as usual. That's nice. Thank you, Ian. He uses those terms loosely. Very loosely. I first heard of Flicky from one of the computer mags in the 80s. It was used as a surprise game in a tournament they held. I always thought it sounded cool, but never even saw a picture of it until I tried it out in MAME many, many years later. Mm Mm-hmm. Strangely, my partner's daughter some years ago mentioned a game about saving baby birds she had played on the computer. Having heard of this game, I said it was called Flicky, and yes, it was. Oh, it's nice that when you find a game. Yeah. How she managed to play this game, I'll never know, but I don't know of any other versions of it. But yeah, it was definitely Mega Drive, and according to Gary James Harris, Master System. Do you reckon it was Master System, or is he thinking of Mega Drive? It might have been on both. Mm, could have been. Yeah. Bobby Idod has got in touch to tell us that Monster World 4 on the Mega Drive has also stolen my harumph word. Yes. They may have used it before me, but I still like it. Harumph. Harumph. Oh, here's one. Yes. What no Sarge feedback? We've not heard of him for a while. He's been laying dormant, I think, in a state of stasis. He's <laughs> maybe not. The Vectrex, isn't he? Vectrex I, I actually got a hold of him because I, I, I text him quite a lot about this stuff we're doing the Vectrex and that. And he listens to us late at night in bed. I think it sort of sends him off. And he forgets his feedback. He thinks of it, and the next morning he forgets. Mm. However, he has been busy with his latest project of making a nice little circuit board that takes care of the volume, test switch, coins, service, and a de-gauss button on an arcade machine, an all-in-one board. Because he makes all sorts of PCBs up. He he designs them in this, um, I think it's called EagleCAD, they use for designing PCBs. And then he sends them off to China to get actually produced. And he makes them, and he does a really good job of them. Yeah, so I've got genius. a few of these made before, actually. Some, some right interesting ones. Mm. So, Sarge, get in contact, mate. Yep. So oh, just Daniel a minute. We'll give, we'll give him a quick... Resonant ping. Yes. If you want more of them, more contact, please. Sir Daniel of Smashington. Yes. Another great podcast from the guys at 10 Pence. Nice to reconnect with the dulcet tones. The dulcet tones of Messrs. Sean Holland, London's Arcade. 10 Pence Arcade. We're live on the air. Yay! Oh, that's awful. I couldn't keep that up. Mm. Our Alex, Chucky Egg. Great podcast, guys. would be amazing if you could get Rick on the show to talk about his Nintendo collection. He's talking about Riddick Rick. And yep. I've sent Riddick Rick some questions, but he hasn't got back to me yet. So hopefully we'll get him on all the way from America. Oh, excellent. That'd be cool. Dabby X. Real lads, another great one. Like the tech tip, and got to say, I sometimes fall into missing the obvious. Mm. I wonder if Sean would fancy them fruity teas. Oh, you know you said you don't like tea. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you know you're some sort of freak that doesn't like tea. What the heck is wrong mm. with you? You might like those fruity teas. Well, I, I we, call them toilet teas. We went for a walk to, today just before this podcast out in a nice country area where there was trees and stuff and, and grass and mud. And we went to this barn that was selling, you know, stuff. And wife had a red fruit tea. Ooh. I didn't even like I didn't even like the smell of it. It was like a strawberry smell, but then there was the undercurrent of that nasty tea smell. Get out. Out! Out! You're fired. Tin, one of our favourite of all materials. Brother of bronze. Brother of bronze. Things have got a lot busy, but still finding time for the 10 pence on his travels. Excellent podcast as usual, and even the last one wasn't harmed by the Mike Foo. Again, my fault. And yours. (laughs) Thank you both as ever. 
Benson Rad, another great podcast. Loving the paperboy music in between segments. See, that was my excellent editing. Okay. It was Did good editing. It? Very good. I, I took one game and then took all the bits out of it all the way through. Mm. It's good, that, wasn't it? Anyway, a fine choice indeed. Yes, it was me that gave you those Turpin cocktail cards. That's you. Ah, bit. it just sort of ran past and thrust yeah. them in my face. Went, Thank you very much. Thought you might like them, as you mentioned, your love for the game a fair bit in the yeah. podcast. Was also hoping it might be a nice icebreaker to introduce myself for a chat. I think you were making tea at the time, so it was a bit preoccupied. Hey, about tea, Holly. How can you not like it, bar? Absolutely. Well, Mr. Benson Rad, I would love to have spoken to you. I was a bit wonky that day. I'd mm. love to have spoken to you. So next time you see me, grab me, I'll buy you a drink, and we'll have a chat. Mm. Yeah, it's excellent. Been loving all the recent podcasts and the recent USA special. Always very enjoyable and help my Jane, my Jane, my Jane journey. He goes on a Jane journey. Go on a journey through Jane. No, train that's, journey. You sounds fool. bad. Train journey pain. See, it's a, it's one of them rhyming things. Keep it up, he says. We Thank will you, keep Benson, it up. Rad. Thank you, Benson Rad. Uh oh, there's a UK biscuit drought. Hmm. <laughs> I can't remember who sent me this. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. There's a biscuit drought. What are we going to do? Bulk I, buy, panic buy, panic buy biscuits. And I know this is true. This this is when there were the floods. Yeah. The I think it was the McVitie's factory <gasps> got flooded. Please don't. No. And I know this is true because when I went to Asda a couple of weeks ago to mm. buy my custard cream stash, they had a different supplier. <gasps> of custard creams and oh. I've tried some and I do not like them so I've, I've actually threw them away I just didn't like them they're weird I always flavor. do that with custard creams when I find them in the biscuit bar I'll just chuck them out so I'm waiting for the custard creams to get back in as do the proper ones the old school ones yeah right that's just the daft feedback sorted out please keep sending we love them and we all read them out yes thank you shout outs <laughs> RGDS, I'm going to give them a shout out for their A to Z of arcade games. It's Me too. A great, it's a great idea. I've just listened to it and we are going to steal it. Yeah, we're going to do oh. about it, Godoy. <laughs> he has just become a granddad, actually. Shout out to, to uh, Andy Godoy. Just become a granddad. Yes. And Garen had some cool back in the day stories about his local arcade. I love listening to stuff like that. Yeah. Also, much loveliness from those guys about us. They mentioned us all through that. Yes. Very nice to hear. I'm also enjoying the A to Z shows. They didn't just do A to Z of arcade games. They've done A to Z of Game Boy games. They've done A to Z of Mega Drive games. I think they've done Snares. And they're going to do all sorts of computers as well. Mm, so I'm looking forward idea. to those. I wish I'd thought of it before them. How dare so they think of things we, we before us? We can try and do one, can't we? We just we steal it. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. We'd end well, up arguing over all the games, though, wouldn't we? There's loads. I actually sent them some, some fun tweets saying, What about Dig Dug? What about Donkey Kong? What's wrong with you people? Yeah. But there are, there are so many. So hopefully they'll revisit and we can join them. Mm. There's oh, yeah, there's yeah. going to be some sort of collaboration between us before long, yeah. Us UK boys because I do listen to their podcasts a lot, mm. and I think they listen to us, which is really nice. But yeah, it was a lot of fun talking about the A to Z. The only the only tiny thing I can say about the podcast, it wasn't long enough. I wish they they talk more about the different things. So that's a compliment mm. in itself, isn't it? Actually, wanting more from them. Yeah, there's a lot of subjects to cover there, though. Yeah, there's 26 straight away, and they did they did they alternated between. Uh, Garen and Andy who did A then B then C if that was me I would have done both of us talking your favourite A my favourite A your favourite B but we'd be talking for 12 hours and people (laughs) don't want that do they we'd have to put it in sections so we'll do a mega podcast one day with those guys I think yeah 
But what I was thinking, and this is my sort of spin on it, is I could do an A to Z of odd games, you know, ones people wouldn't have heard of before. Yeah. Which would be quite cool. And I could do an A to Z of shmups. Yeah. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Shall we do it? I think, well, I've already started a list, actually. Right, I'm going to so start So I'll get on to Andy and Garen and all the other RGDS boys, and we'll do a mega podcast one day. We'll have a round table of it. That'd be quite cool. A is for asteroids. B is for Batsugan. So, hang on, now I've started already. Stop. Behave yourself. Mm. Another piece of uh, shout-outs for Pete Hahn from the Galloping Ghost. Top awesome bloke for sending me that T-shirt. Thank you very much. And if there's anything I can send you from the UK, biscuits, etc., I'd be happy to. Cheers, yep. Pete. Thank you very much for that. Also, another shout-out for Alpha One. Olmo Azezi, who had a rather awesome pickup. He had another small person come into his oh, life. Of course he did, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations mate. to Shelley and all. Well done, you two. I think that concludes the shout outs. Right, let's do this show's tech tips. And this is usually my section. Mm. Unless you've got any tech tips for me, old son. Got any tech tips? I'm going to save them all up and then surprise you with my amazing arcade knowledge one day I will be really surprised I will (laughs) okay this is sounds simple but can be frustratingly difficult sticking vinyl on the sides of arcade cabinets or on control panel overlays right the tools you'll need for this some nice sharp scissors a squeegee which is an applying tool just uh, look it up on, on the internet squeegee Yep. Uh, a razor blade and a fine mist spray bottle with clean water in it. That's mm-hmm. all you need for this. And your vinyl, obviously. So I bought some DC Fix vinyl, which is sort of a hard-wearing vinyl. It's harder than Fablon, which is usually for covering textbooks and stuff like that and inside of, of drawers and things like that. You can get that all sorts of hardware shops. But DC Fix yeah. is usually a, a larger scale. You can get it quite... You can get 900 millimeters wide. So obviously it goes over an arcade cabinet. You can get it in meter rolls or two-meter rolls or whatever. And um, it was a black ash effect, which is very 80s bookshelf. Mm. Remember black ash you get from Argos? Ooh. It was nice. It was rubbish, but we loved it back in the day. So it comes in rolls of 90 centimetres, which is 900 millimetres wide. And I bought two metres of each for each side of the cab. One roll per side. I've got loads left over. So I'm going to start covering everything. You know, cups, (laughs) the bath, (laughs) wife, whatever. If you're not happy about that. You can't move. How much is it? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. I think it was about £15 per two-metre roll. So it cost me about £30-odd pounds to, to do the whole cabinet. Oh, that's not bad, is it? It's not bad, but it's, it's very... And you have a lot of leftover, because it's 900mm wide, and the cabinet I'm doing is only about 600mm. You get loads of leftover. And you can use it for covering all sorts of stuff. Control panels, you know, little joysticks for, you know, little Hori joysticks, boxes. You can do anything with it. It just makes, like, a, a rubbishy old MDF box that you might mm-hmm. be making, or a little project box, look like it's made of wood. You know, sort of old old school wood. You can get all sorts of different colours and textures. You can get, like, granite-looking things. You can get different wood textures. You can get carbon fibre effect. It looks quite nice. Mm. It's quite a cheap way of doing it, because actual, the actual melamine that goes on the outside of these these coated woods is quite expensive. You need to glue it on with hot glue, and it's, it's quite difficult to work with as well. And you've got yeah. to route a bit soft. So this is a real cheap way of doing it. It looks quite nice. So what have you got below the control panel, you know, the coin door area? You can put some more of it on there, can you? Or? You can, but that part of the of the cabinet is like um, a coated wood anyway, sort of a black 
like like you get on a tabletop. And yeah, that is actually yeah. quite neat. It's quite neat, so I've left that alone. Right, just give it a right. bit of a clean. But so the sides mainly, and the top of the cab as well. And obviously, the, the control panels I've been making for it, the interchangeable control panels, I've put the, the carbon fibre effect on there. It looks really nice, and it's quite mm. hard-wearing as well. So it's, instead of having a metal panel under your hands where you get cold hands, it yeah. sort of warms it up. It keeps it warm as well. Yeah. So you don't get oh, freezing right. cold. You don't want cold hands when you're playing arcade machines, do you? No, it's oh, not Oh, no. Good. So, first things first. You've got to ensure the sides of the cabinet are filled and sanded and clean. If there's any dinks in there, any knocks, fill them in with P60, I think it's called, or some kind of wood filler, and then let it go dry and sand it nice and smooth. When you've sanded it and everything, go over it with a hoover, or a vacuum cleaner, sorry, and hoover all the dry bits off, and if there's anything else on there, sand it flat and clean it. You might want to give it a clean with a very sort of fine mist of white spirit, Mm-hmm. or something that evaporates so it's not got any residue on there so it's nice and clean and dry that's essential to have it clean and dry make sure this is done in advance and you've treated the wood if need be and everything is, is smooth and sanded down I can't go on about how important it is to have everything smooth because if you get anything underneath this vinyl it shows through like a sore thumb you have little bumps in it and when it gets stuck to the vinyl because it's sticky back vinyl you can't get it off so make sure it's very clean when you do it mm. So, lay out your vinyl on the top of the cabinet, because it comes in rolls. You've got to lay it out and put some heavy things on it to, to flatten it out, because it'll just roll up all the time otherwise. And then leave yeah. it maybe for a day or so, nice and flat on top of the cab. Put the cab on its side. Make sure before you turn the cabinet over, everything inside is secure. Nothing's going to fall out. You're not going to have PCBs flying around inside. You're not going to have yeah. heavy transformers falling and breaking something. And the monitor's all nice and secure inside. If in doubt, take it out. Mm. I usually take the monitor out of my cab, because it's, it's actually quite easy to get it in and out of that cabinet. And yeah. it's on a board. So I un- uncouple the, the wires holding it in and just slide it out and put it somewhere safe. But then the cabinet is a lot lighter to move around as well. Because yeah. the, the heaviest thing in a cabinet is the monitor and then the mm. transformer. And you don't want anything like flying around inside. So make sure everything is secure when you turn it on its side. Mm. So turn it on its side, lay your, your vinyl on there and put some weights on it just to hold it down. The longer you leave the vinyl in a flat state, the better. It should roll up like a rolly-up thing if you uh, remove the protective backing. Because it yeah. also tries to get in the position it's been into a long time, so it obviously rolled up. Yeah. So what you need to do now is spray a thin layer of water from your mist spray bottle on the side of the cab. You don't need it absolutely soaked, just a very, very thin layer of water. Yeah. This might sound alien to sticking something down, putting water on it. I used to think that until I saw Riddick Rick doing it. And also, I read Muddy Music's guide on the UK VAC. They've stickied a guide on one of the, on the posts there telling you how to do this, because he does all the artwork as well. Yeah. I watched Riddick Rick doing it, and it looks so simple. It makes it 100 times easier. It really does. I've done side art before, dry, and you get air bubbles in it, and you get kinks in it, and it, you can't get it off again, and you take paint off when you try and unstick it. Very easy doing it this way. Very easy. Mm. So you spray a thin layer on there, and what I do is I remove the top, usually first, about six inches of the backing and snip it off with your scissors so it's out of the way. Mm. And then you stick this onto the top of the cab nice and, and, and straight. And what I do is, before I do all this as well, I just missed out one there, is you snip off all the, the excess of the cab, because obviously the cab is not, is not rectangular shaped. Yeah. But leave on about an inch all round, so you've got, you, know, you can get it on there without missing off a bit. Mm. And then stick this down on, the, on top of the cab. And use your squeegee and push out from the middle outwards to the sides. And what this does, it pushes all the water out and all the air with it. Mm. So it makes it a lot easier. And, and have a look from a different angle. Look down through it to make sure all the air bubbles are out of the way. And they're easy to see. You can see them a mile away. And if you keep pushing it with the squeegee, not too hard. 
it would just push the air out and all the water out the side. So you have water going all over your feet. But all mm-hmm. that. Do not push too hard because you can actually you can actually scrape the vinyl if you're not careful. But the squeegee has got like a sort of um, a smooth edge, a smooth um, material edge on it. Yeah. So it's easy to, to wipe it around. It sort of glides across it quite easily. So don't push too hard. You might rip it, but it, it's quite easy to do it. You don't need to push very hard to push the water out. The water sort of glides out, if you know what I mean. Mm. So when you've done that and you've got the first six inches or so s- secure, pull off more of the backing paper, hold it up in the air as you squeeze out from the centre outwards, pushing it down, and just go inch by inch, do it, take a bit more backing off, keep doing it until you've got it all on there. It, is, mm. it honestly is as simple as it sounds. It's quite easy. But if you've ever tried to do one dry... It's a nightmare. Doing it this way makes it really easy. And we'll also link in the show notes to Riddick Rick doing it on one of his videos. He makes it look really easy. It's a walk in the park to him. So you've got it on and you've got like a, an inch all the way around, haven't you? Yeah, you leave a bit of excess on there. So when you put it on, if you had the exact shape of the cab on there and you put it on slightly at a wrong angle, when you get to the end of it, you'd have a bit missing on the cabinet. You don't want that. Yeah. So if you leave an excess on there, you're covered. And then when you, you've squeezed all the water out of it and it's all nice and flat on there and your backing's all safely in the bin out the way, you know, you, you've done it all then. And what you should do is, is go down to eye line and look on an angle, make sure all the air bubbles are out the way. Yeah. And what happens then is you'll have a, a backing all the way around. What I normally do is leave it for a day to absolutely adhere and stick properly. And then mm-hmm. you get your sharp razor blade or a sharp sort of um, X-Acto knife or scalpel. And then you just go around the side of the cab, just using the edges of the wooden cab, to 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 slice off the bits around the outside, right? And it makes a nice clean cut. Kind nice of thing. clean edge, yeah. It's really mm-hmm. easy. It's quite satisfying cutting that vinyl off. It just comes off in one long strip, nice and smooth all the way down. It's really easy. And mm-hmm. then you put your uh, T mold on or whatever afterwards, and mm-hmm. it, it's just it, it's so satisfying getting all that water and just squeezing the air bubbles out. If you ever tried yeah. to do a dry one, because the sticky is quite quite tough when it sticks down, it's quite sticky. When you try and squeeze the air bubbles out, they don't move. They just stay there because everything's stuck around it and you've got air in the middle. When you've got the water there, it allows it to just glide it out. And as you press down, it's sticking to the, the flat area as you're pushing it down. It makes yeah. it so much easier. I know people have actually ruined side art before, expensive side art, because they've, they've got it stuck on there and they've, got, they've, they've kinked it or they've pushed it too hard and put a hole in it or whatever. And it's just a nightmare. But a little bit of water on there makes all the difference. Wow. And it, it, looks, it. it looks so nice when it's done. Because you get this sort mm. of old, you know, got scrapes in the side and, and maybe some graffiti on the side of it and you've got bits where you've filled in and sanded and it's all... Because the the, sand, the filler I use is bright pink colour and it looks awful. But when you get this nice, smooth, brand new edge on it, it makes the cab look brand new. It looks lovely. Mm. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. It's that simple. But people who don't know the water trick will struggle. Mm. So, everyone, cover the side of your cabs. Or don't, yeah. The main thing I'm trying to say is don't be afraid of doing side art. Mm. A lot of people leave it off thinking, oh, it's too difficult. You know, they've had bad trouble with it before. And I have as well, speaking from experience. But this is the easy way of doing it. Fair mm. God. Right. Here's a section we're going to get onto now I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> I am. The musical interlude. Okay, so I've been in touch with the Ten Pence Orchestra. As yeah. I say, they're not available for comment because they are touring a large number of barns in the Ribble Valley area. And they're in your mind. In your face. So in reference to this 
the podcast featured game, the Ten Pence Orchestra are going to perform for our pleasure. <laughs> I thought you said four hours then. Oh my God, I just got really panicky. For our pleasure. I'm an Astro Blaster, Twisted Astro Blaster. And in the show notes, you've got, oh God, no, please, please, no, Christ. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Take it away, <laughs> the Ten Pence Orchestra, brackets not featuring Victor. My God, what did you think to that, Vic? That's just some awesome. Yeah, I'm hooked. I'm going to download it on Apple Music right now. So I listened to it at work on Monday. Oh God, it's just so good, isn't it? Apologies. Oh, no one snapped these guys up yet. I do not know. Or snap them off. Mm. So I hope everyone liked that <clears throat> musical interlude, and we get on to this week's featured game review. Fighter pilots needed in Sector Wars. Play Astro Blaster. Go for it, old son. I'll let you take this one. The featured game is Astro Blaster. I'm an Astro Astro Blaster Blaster from Sega Gremlin 1981. It's a shoot-em-up, two-way stick, fire and warp. Two buttons. Yes, two-way stick, you say. Ooh. Sega and Data East collaborated to make Astro Fighter in 1979. Oh, 
it, um, which is really the forerunner to this. And mm-hmm. Sega improved the formula two years later with this game. As a kid, I always thought Astro Blaster was a sequel to Fighter, and it's kind of is, really. Me too. Very similar game. Mm. Game was designed by Gary Shannon and Barbara Michalik. Michalik? Michalik? Right. I'll do this bit. I, I like doing robot voices. This is the instructions you get on the, the title screens of the game. Shoot enemy spaceships for points. Shoot fireballs for extra fuel. Use warp to slow down enemy ships and bombs. Once only for sector or ship. Discover how to earn secret bonuses for extra points. Dock with mothership to refuel after each sector. Game over when you run out of ships or fuel. Laser will not fire or overheat it. Dumbass. <laughs> right, this is a simple left-right shooter, but with a lot to think about. The sectors are split into three, four, five increasing, etc. waves of bad guys to shoot. Then you get an asteroid field, and then you get a ducking sequence. It sounds easy, but your laser can overheat if you shoot too often or too fast, resulting in a cooldown period where you can't fire. And you get that, you are knackered. <laughs> yeah. You can run out of fuel time really it's basically a timer really yeah. if you don't clear the sector quick enough meaning game over regardless of how many lies you got left oh i see i never got that didn't you no i, I didn't overheat uh, sorry i didn't run out of time oh i wasn't brilliant at it so maybe not the war button will make the action slow down but not the fuel the fuel goes down at the same speed mm. so the enemies are easier to shoot for a count of 10 it's yeah. also game over if you die when you're docking so if you hit the side of the docking thing you're oh dead as well. i see but that's easy though isn't it mm. it's difficult not to dock it's very simple that bit so this game is cleverly designed in the fact that you have to clear the waves quickly before you run out of fuel but you can't spam the fire button or your laser will overheat so you've got to be quick and accurate do you know what this reminds me of another sega gremlin game it reminds mm. me of Carnival. Because if you just spam the fire button and waste your shots, you run out of, fuel, you run out of shots. Ah, uh, yeah, it is similar, isn't it? Same, same company, isn't it? It's a good mm. mechanic, because you can't just go... Because if you had auto-fire on the game, it would be easy. You could just spam it and just get them. But it doesn't allow you to do that, because you, your ship will overheat. Mm. Good, good idea, that. So that it does seem a basic shooter. Left, right, fire with a slow button, slow down button. But there's loads of bonuses. Yeah, it's sort of like it's almost like a Space Invaders cross with Galaxian, with more fun mechanics in it. Mm. It's quite a clever game, isn't it? The enemies we must point out are very hard to hit. They they are some Ooh, of the trickiest, the trickiest movement patterns ever. Yes, they they're just. Dodgy little feckers. They <laughs> are they? horrible yeah. things. They just wobble around all over the place. It's quite yeah. frustrating trying to hit the damn things. Yeah. These bonuses, Mame Info says they were bugs that were left in the program. Nah. I'm not sure of that. I don't think that's right. There's 14 of the bonuses, even though the numbers range from 1 to 25. Oh. And I'll give you some of them because they are good. You get a thousand points for shooting all the enemies on an attack wave without missing yeah so i when i get to the game uh, when i get to the level where the horizontal guys go across slow it down yep that's exactly what i do shoot all the bad guys because they are hard to hit yeah don't miss you you get a thousand points and you also get a 700 point bonus for shooting all the enemies before they exit the right side of the screen and there's actual there's a a pattern to doing them you've got to get them from right to left on those horizontal ones haven't you yeah so you get the rightest one, then the next one to it, and the next one to it. So you can actually get three bonuses in one go doing that. They accumulate the bonuses, don't they? 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's good. You can get two. You can get 1,700. Mm, that's right. Yeah. That, Sorry, that. yeah. You also, if you don't move when you're docking, because the docking is dead easy. Yeah. But if you, when you get through the asteroid field, by the way, you can shoot the fireballs in the asteroid field to top up your fuel. Extra fuel. So if you're almost out of fuel and you get to that section, you can almost save yourself. Well, you can save yourself by shooting the fireballs. Yeah. If you sort of finish that asteroid wave in roughly the center of the screen, you don't have to move to dock, and you get a bonus for not touching the joystick and yeah. docking. I got that one as well. And there's a a position on the screen where you they call it the paint scraper where the the right or left side of your ship scrapes the docking arm of the mothership and you get 1500 points for that that's a really weird bonus to get for being rubbish like yeah just smashing your spaceship up a little bit you get bonuses for it eh it's really hard to do i've only done it a couple of times most yeah. times you die. yeah i think if you go too far to one side you'll smash up and you'll, and you'll die and you'll lose the whole game and it's, that's more bonuses for shooting the enemies in proper order. Now, the proper order, apparently, is the order they appear on the screen in. Okay. So some so, of them have got really weird patterns. Some just go from right to left, which is easy. Yeah. But some have got a little sort of... They're even worse from their movements than the, the ships in Mooncrester. Yeah. I don't like their movements because they're really hard to hit. They just don't... They don't make it easy for you. They, no, they, you've got to learn them, actually. Tricky monsters. Yeah, you also get another bonus of 600 points for not letting your laser temperature get into the critical area of the gauge. Oh, okay. Of your, of your laser gauge, 600 points. And you get 500 points for not dying during the sector, which you get just before you dock in. Yeah. So there's a couple of really cool sites. One's called donhodges.com, where he's talking about the bonuses. And I think he is the guy that's discovered these bonuses and put them into MAME info because he's gone into the code. Oh, I see. He's actually worked out properly. Yeah, and he says all these people that have been trying for years to find all 25 bonuses. Yeah. Uh, there isn't 25. There's only 14. They're, like, they're numbered 1, 3, 4, 9, 12. You know, I've, you know, they don't go up sequentially. Yeah. Yeah, because I think some of them were like unused ones they did as well, weren't they? Mm. And thanks to Neil1637 for sending me that link, Don, donhodges.com. We'll put a link in the no-shows. Yeah. Indeed. And John Munkus sent us a link to the cutting room floor, which is a great site. Which oh, it's really interesting, isn't it? Loads of stuff in there to the look code at. of the ROMs. Yeah. And that is interesting because it shows you we are playing revision three of the game. Yeah. Because revision one and two were deemed to be too hard to play. They flipping are as well. They, they were supposed to be so hard to play. But when you look at it, the cutting room floor has worked it all out. In revision one, you get five waves of enemies to kill in sector one. So people were just struggling with that. Mm. And you get five in two, six in three, eight in four. But the revision three, when we're playing it, the one we're playing, by the time you get to sector four, it's actually harder than the original revision one because there is nine waves of baddies to shoot. Oh, in each sector? Oh, my God, there's loads. Before you get to the asteroid field. Yeah. So I never cleared Sector 4, and I know one guy that did who we will talk about in a bit. But the idea of that, I think, is to, to lure people in with the easier levels at the start. Because if you, if you mm. went on a game for the first time and you got killed in 10 seconds, you're not likely to put money back in it. But if you can get good up until, say, level 4, which mm. is when they want to get as much time and money out of you, that's when it gets difficult, and that's how it should be. You know, Easy to, to play and easy to get used to, but hard to master. Yeah. That's probably why they did it, I think. Mm. Excellent. 
This shmup is a lot more about aiming than it is dodging. It's like the opposite of a confetti hell, as you call them, Definitely. I suppose. You don't, you don't yeah. just flap bullets all over the place and have loads of bullets flapped at you. Yeah. But you've got to be precise. Mm. That's why the person who did well at this game did well at it, because he's very precise with his shots. He's excellent. Ugh. Also, during the fuel stage, critical, when it starts speaking, the speech is great, we'll get onto that. Mm. Everything is double points. Yeah, double bubble. Mm, fuel stage critical. Any more play tips or secrets to add, Vic? Or I don't know, that... really, because there is quite a lot to this game. It seems it's a simple game, left, right, fire, and, a, and a, your, your slow down button. But there's a lot to it, isn't there? The, the patterns mm. are different. There's loads of things to do with, especially because the game changes when you put your your slow mo button on, your, your warp button. Because you can still get killed by the bullets and stuff. So you've got to sort of position yourself carefully to hit the, the bad guys and also let them all on the screen at the same time. And it, it counts down. And when you, when you get rid of that, you've only got one per sector or one per life. So you've got to use it sparingly. Yeah. So it's good. It's a clever little game how it works. Whether they did this, it's like we've spoken before about things like Donkey Kong. You know, there's the little, the little extra play tips and, and little secrets in that and sort of little quirks. Did they mean to put them all in there or were they just a happy coincidence? Mm. Yeah, but yeah, really, really quite well balanced. This game difficult still. Yes, but I can't think of any other play tips. Just shoot things, but try not to shoot too quickly. And 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 if you are missing a few, slow down a little bit. Let your your firings cool down a little bit. And then just pick them off when you can more accurately. So don't go mad at it. I think is the best tip for the game. Yeah, there's some areas where if you take too long on a on a wave of enemies, you know you're not going to have enough fuel to get to the end. Yeah. So sometimes I use my slowdown. I sacrifice a life because you get one warp per life or per sector, whichever right. comes yeah. first. Yeah. So sometimes I sacrifice a life so I've got another warp to slow it down. Mm. And then yeah, I can shoot the You can also, when you do the warp as well, especially for the, the horizontal levels, it's easy to get the bonus or so you get an extra few points for that as well. Yeah. Mm. So the graphics and sound, I think, are very well done for the time. 1981, yeah, they're really good, really colourful. There's, the, yeah, there's like about 20 odd different styles of enemies. So there's five sectors, and I think when you clear the fifth one, I think it wraps back to the first one. But mm. I think there's different, different enemies in the first sector again. There's I loads think. of different kind of baddies, isn't there? Mm. They're, they're very different. Yeah. Their movements as well. They're not just you know marching left to right and coming down like galaxies. There's loads of different... They wobble about and some fire diagonally, some are going left to right, some are just wobbling around all over the place like crazy things. It's mm. really, really different, isn't it? Nice animation. The whole yeah. game looks polished. The sound is, amazing. is outstanding. The really sound good. is got... It's another one of those games you'd hear in the arcade before you saw it. Mm. The, the synthesised speech on it and the actual... The sound is amazing. I love that old school... Space invadery type sound. When someone says, "Oh, it sounds like Space Invaders," it's mm. not the thump thump. It's this sound. It's sort of metallic, synthesized sound. And mm. we've got a few sound effects actually. Let's put some in here. We've got the asteroids, the deedle, and the sonar. When I played this, I was playing on my Mac Mini, which is a little computer. Uh, it sits by the side of my my four-inch TV. I use it on, and. I'd had a few troubles with using the HD on it because the HD was a little bit fuzzy on that screen because I think it was um, the, the TV's not really designed to be used on a computer. And so what I did, I used a Lightning to VGA, which is a cable on the Mac, and it works better on there. But because I'm not using HD, 
I'm not using the speakers through the TV. Mm-hmm. So it's got an internal speaker actually in the Mac. I didn't even know it had in there. And when I played it, I had a bit of a pleasant surprise. Actually, the sounds kept coming out of this. And it sounds even more metallic coming out of this computer. <laughs> yeah. And it makes yeah. it sound even better. I really like it. But at first, when I played it, because I just put MAME on my Mac, which isn't as good as the PC version, unfortunately, I didn't have the samples turned on. And all mm. I was getting was the speech and I think the shooting sound. It wasn't yeah. giving you the background noise and the sound of the invaders, mm. which makes the game really flat and boring. When you've, so if you're playing this on MAME, if you're not lucky enough to have an actual arcade machine, get the samples in MAME. Put the samples which you can get in the samples folder in MAME and make sure they're turned on. The samples on this are absolutely brilliant. They make the game, I think. Yeah, they sort of ramp up and you get a sense of urgency as this is going, uh, and it like, yeah. It kind of reminds me of, of like 50s B-movie science fiction. Yeah, Those really sort of weird good. sounds, really cool. Such a polished game. Mm-hmm. So you can tell how good the sound were on this. This this actual PC we have similarly is it's a five-layer stack of separate boards held together by, by ribbon cables. Mm-hmm. And it's no wonder the sound's so good. It actually uses two separate boards for the sound, one dedicated to the speech and one dedicated for the other sounds. That's how good the sounds are on this. It uses its own boards for it. Mm, the speech is very clear as well. It's a lot clearer than, say, Berserk. Yeah, Berserk or... sounds a bit crunchy, doesn't it? This one's yeah. really good. Mm. So we get onto the cabinet and the artwork. Uh, I'll yep. take this bit because I love it. I love everything about this part of the cab, the cab. The cabs that came from Sega and Gremlin will come in three varieties that we know of. There's a full upright, which has got left-right buttons not a joystick, and two action mm. buttons. And I've seen the wood-sided version of this and a white-sided version of this, almost like a generic Sega cab. I think Frogger came in the same cabinet and Head-On came in the same cabinet and Carnival, all very similar cabs, but they've got the different artwork. And the artwork is mainly on a navy blue background, but there is a rarer version with like teal colour, like a green-coloured artwork yeah, on a white cabinet, which is really nice looking. There was a weird cabinet which is um, a cabaret version that's almost got a flat fronted control panel with a stick like you said and the Mm. two buttons and it's exactly the same cabinet as monaco gp and turbo also from sega a really odd shaped thing it is that the the screen is almost flat on it and a panel is like almost flat towards you like a a cocktail cabinet now actually yeah i turned down an astro blaster from someone before that was shaped this because the, the actual PCB wasn't working properly. I wish I got it now, because it's quite an interesting cab. I wonder yeah. if you still got it for sale. Hmm. <laughs> and also, they did a rather nice cocktail cabinet. Yeah. I've also seen, I'm sure as, as heck, I've seen either an Astro Fighter or an Astro Blaster in a wall mount before. Right. And that would go nicely with my Cosmic series of games. Mm. I'm sure it might have been licensed. I'm also sure that Astro Blaster was licensed out to European companies. I know Zacharia or Zachariah got an Astro Fighter, which is actually a poorer version than the original. I think they actually redid their software for it. Mm. And their version, the, the, the sprites are one colour, single coloured sprites, and they don't look as good. Yeah. So poor old Zach. They got the sort of uh, poor man's version of it again. Sorry, Zach, guys. Well, is that not the original? Is that not the Astro Fighter from '79? Is it? Yeah, the Zachariah had a version of it. Right, different right. version. They're going to give me grief for that, aren't they? Because <laughs> Zach has got a big following because they're very unique cabinets, and they they got licensed yeah. versions of different things. 
Yeah. The flyer, we'll get onto the, the artwork of the flyer. The flyers are bizarre. I love the flyer, but there's, there's one really in particular. Weird. I've actually used the flyer as our image for yes, this Yes, that's podcast. the one I was thinking of. It's a two-page affair with four, obviously four, four sides to it, of 80s awesomeness. <laughs> if you rub the great. page hard, you can smell 80s cheese, <laughs> I believe. The other flyer we're talking about, you'll see the flyer on our, on our website, and Sean's actually used it for the, the artwork. The other flyer's got some cleaning ladies playing on the cocktail cab after hours, it looks like. And, she, and one of them, she's just dusting the upright, which is quite fun. So, the ice, the 10 pence Astro Blaster High Score Contest, before we go on to the score, which I'm going to do this week, mm. we must mention that Paz, your friend Paz, got mm. over 400,000 on Kung Fu Master. Yeah, I spoke to him the other week and he says, um, we, we put his score in at 200 and something thousand because it Which was is just, good. He, was, he was having a game of doubles with Tronads, but normally when he's on his own, he got 400,000. Does he do the, the cheaty bit on level two like we did? To get no, the he's far too good for that. Just sir. keeps playing a level yeah. after level. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How does he do, the next time you see him at Arcade Club, can you ask him for me how he does the, the bosses on the second and, and obviously later loops? Because... When you get a boss, you get bad guys coming in from behind you as well. Because normally they, yeah. they lay off and just let you beat the boss up. But they come mm. in as well. How does he do that? I'll have to ask him. I, yeah. I have watched him get to the second loop, but not the third, I don't think. So, the scores. We've got a high school video on YouTube, which we'll send a link for in the show notes, of Charlie Farr doing rather well. He certainly has. Mm. So, from bottom to top, mm. we've got Rob Player Missile, 9,330. And his thoughts on the game. Quit your moving and dodging, you crazy drunk spaceships. More flicky for me. He can't get the timing down. This is not bullet hell or even bullet heck, and he's still useless at it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, Rob. Ed Horse, Hooves, 9,600. Lezolet, 11,560. That's unusual for Lezolet. He usually does really well. Retro Schmupper, Garen, who's an expert on the shooters, 13,530. Me... 16,850. Yes! In your face, retro schmupper. <laughs> He's going to beat me at the next game. He's going to really beat me rub it in. Andrew Anderson, 17,940. Ian Cullen, 21,550. Madsd.com, 22,140. Andrew Driver, 22,330. And he's put on there, I have seen the carrots. Do you know what that's a reference to? I've, I've seen them as well, only once. There's a level that these... Nuclear carrots from hell descend on you from diagonals, and they're really hard yeah. to dodge. And they're firing at you as well, aren't they? Mm, no, uh, no, I don't think so. It's like a sort of asteroid belt with these missiles that come down at a diagonal, and they're really hard to dodge. You can shoot them, but I think the best way is for to get out of the way of them. Do you know I put diagonal carrots into YouTube? And yeah. There's a woman showing you how to chop them diagonal, so I put that on. Put it on Twitter for our players, if it might yeah. help. <laughs> Don't think it helps. Didn't help, but they've got a name for those things now. Those horrible missiles from hell on diagonals. Diagonal carrots. So we go on. Mark K, 27,430. Ooh, haven't played since Bostock's records in Pack Horse Centre, Huddersfield, 1983. Let me add it. Good score, that. It is. Much better than mine. Happy Dude, 27,510. Neil, 1637, 29,160. Ooh, just pipped by Tronads, 29,180. Paz Parnell, 29,350. You, young man. Woo! 36,530. So you beat the Orcade world record there. 
No, that's 38, I think, Naz. Oh, nearly. Just pipped. Mm. Mm. So we got, as usual, Charlie Farr. He's done it again. 54,270. And our friend... David Tronads has come up yes. with a good thing saying it's about time Charlie Farr got tested for performance-enhancing drugs. Yes. I think he's been on the Tizer or something beforehand. I don't know. Which is giving him some sort of uh, way up. Really well done. 54,000. That's a lot of score. And everyone can watch him on that video doing it. Well done. Yeah, brilliant. Well, well done, done Charlie Farr. He's also got a Galaxian board, so he can put that in his candy cab and go for the world record now because he was playing on Groovy Main before. He is so going to do it. Yeah, he's, he's so going to get the record for the UK. Well I done. can do it. Well done. I think this well year done. he's going to get the world record on Galaxian. Excellent. Mm. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure there. You know, yeah. you said about the cabinet art, and, and there was um, the artwork on the flyer. If you mm. look on the right-hand side of the flyer where everyone's looking into the machine, doesn't the lady on the right-hand side look really bored? Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like she went a pink negligee. Mm. You know, talking about flyers, the arcade flyer archive. Taffer. Yeah, Taffer. We use it's that a not, lot. Yeah, it's not been updated since 2012. Oh, that's a shame. That's a really good site. And I've heard of people sending them flyers on at least two occasions, I've heard this, yeah. and they're not updating the database. Oh, that's a real shame because that site is absolutely amazing. It's got thousands, tens of thousands of arcade flyers and all sorts of mm. fruit machines. Uh, I think they do jukeboxes, all sorts. You can search by manufacturers, by game names, by dates. And it's, it's a really good resource for us. I use it all the time for us. I do. And they're owned by the arcademuseum.com site. Who that's also, Clov, isn't it? Yeah, also hosts Clov. So. Well, that's a shame. They're not I being updated. I wonder why, yeah. I wonder why they've stopped putting updates hmm. on because there's all these new games still have flyers I, I saw a flyer for battle pod but they have, they have actually got some um reasonably modern ones you know the pac-man battle where you play four players yeah they've got the flyer for that on there that's the that i think that's the latest one 2012 oh, okay. yeah. hmm. there are other sites like flyer fever is another site i think they might be accepting new flyers but yeah it's, it's weird because hmm. it's such a fantastic resource that it says that you've got some trivia as well for the game Yes, we've already mentioned this actually. Mm. The original release was found to be too hard and put off players. We are playing the easy version. Yeah. And I mentioned, yeah, it does get harder on Sector 4. It's actually harder than the original, I think. Yeah. And you said your version of MAME doesn't seem to save the high scores, but it saves high scores on other games? Yeah. I wonder why that is, because mine doesn't anyway, but my version of MAME's not very good. I had to take a picture of my score when I did it. There must be something in the code somewhere. It doesn't save the high score. My MAME saves. I'd say 99% of the high scores. Mm, you've got the, the latest up-to-date version of MAME as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've not put that in yet. Okay. I'm going to. Yeah. Mm. So, ports and sequels, uh, couldn't find any. But Activision's Mega Mania on the Atari 2600 and is very similar and an excellent game for those systems. Mm. I never saw this game on any home systems, which is a shame because I played this game a lot when I was a kid and Astro mm. Fighter. I mean, it was in all the arcades. Yeah. So your overall thoughts, maybe some improvements? You got any of those? I think it's an extremely unforgiving game at later oh, levels. You've, God, got to yeah. be, you've got to be Charlie Farr perfect. Mm. He got to Sector 5 and is the only one of our 16-odd players that did. Wow. Super polished game. Coin Guzzler. I don't think I'll be playing it again. I've enjoyed playing it. Same here. But it is frustrating, even... Sometimes you can just get on a level and you cannot hit the bad guys. You just get into a, 
get into a swearing match and you yeah. quit out you quit out of the game and switch your laptop off by accident press I think what button. Robert McMullen said about them being crazy drunk spaceships they are aren't they they're all over the mm. place and mm. the patterns you can't really predict the patterns no it's like some games like Galaxian you sort of, and also on Cosmic Alien which is a similar game to Galaxian you can tell what angle they're going to come at and where they're going to turn around so you can sort of you know get in front of them and shoot them these yeah. things are just all over the place there's no sort of rhyme nor reason to them is there yeah, it's like 1942 when you play it enough. You know when a ship, when a plane goes underneath you, you know where it's going to come back up Yeah, when it's looping around. You can wait for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I used to play this game as well as Astro Fighter back in the day, and I loved this game, cause, probably because of the speech and the sounds and the bright colours. Mm. And I loved them. I, I seemed to think I was better back then, and then I could do lots of levels, but obviously I couldn't because I can't do them now. Mm. Um, very hard game and the games don't last very long it sort of munches your 10p's quite quickly I don't yeah. think I'll be going back to it either mm. uh, maybe not it'd be nice if they had one at Arcade Club or one of the arcades you play a proper machine yeah I spoke to Andy he has got two boards of this I Ooh. don't know what revisions they are and they mm-hmm. are both under repair he says they're very very flaky boards yeah those five layer boards I think they used them in, in other games I think Monaco GP's got them and also Turbo I said about yeah. That sort of same era, and mm. I think they are, they're really flaky because it's five boards as well. When you repair them, because they're in a, like a, a stack in a sort of um, cage, obviously you've got to have them out so you can get to them. So you've got to make a proper loom up to have them all laid out on your bench, five little boards. Mm. And obviously because there's five talking to each other, you need to get it must make the repairs a nightmare. And also mm. the ribbon cables get very brittle over time and they they wear out and break as well. So yeah, difficult to repair. I would have thought, but mm. nice when they're working. Yep. So that's that one done. Let's do a bit of Art of Side Art. I like this one. Yes. I put in there, fire truck, question mark, and you just put yes. <laughs> right. We, we have first-hand experience of this recently, don't we? It's a lovely-looking machine. It's just bizarre. But when you look at it, we've put a picture on the show notes, so everyone can look at it. I'm going to try and describe it. It actually looks like the side of a mini fire truck. Yeah. You've got the upright cab on the right-hand side of the picture which looks like any sort of normal cabinet, but it's a bit squat than normal. You couldn't stand up to play it. You have to sit down. And on the back end of the machine, which detaches, is a seat. Mm-hmm. So you sit at the game. There's a steering wheel. and I think you've got um, a button for... F- is that for fire extinguisher? I can't remember now. Is it horn? Or horn, know. maybe, yeah. yeah and you've maybe. got to drive around. It's a vertical screen, a big 26-inch black and white screen. You've got a really nice plastic bezel all around it, which has got fire truck and a really, really cool oldie school sort of 1800s font mm-hmm. and it's really nice you sit on this sort of red bench sort of seat as well to it and then behind that a second player can play there's another set of controls with the same controls who stands up to play it's sort of higher up on the back of the seat and obviously mm-hmm. you've got your coin door and your speakers in there and everything as well and it's all red and gold and the sort of gold sort of logos around the outside it's sort of like a um, almost like a calligraphy around the outside of it in gold so it yeah. looks a really plush machine as a lot of these old Atari ones were and on the side of the actual cabinet part of it, where all that, the, the parts are housed, is a side-on view of a, a wheel and the front of a fire truck bonnet. It mm. looks so cool. It's so clever the way they did it. Yes. And I've also got to mention the single-player version of this game. It's called Smokey Joe. It's exactly the same game, but you only play one player, and it's an upright machine. And that's mm. got similar artwork, and it is a beautiful machine as well. Mm. I'd perhaps like to own that one day, that one. Atari were great, weren't they? They were. Their side up was second to none. Really, really nice. So everyone look on the show notes. There's a nice picture to click on to have a look at. 
And we played this recently at Smarty Martin's meet in Hampshire. Do you know what? I haven't played it yet. Mm, oh. I was a bit wobbly that day and I didn't play it, but I, next time I go and see Martin, I'll kind of have a go of it. It looks yeah. a lot of fun and people are getting really competitive at it. Was, yeah, I think you can possibly get a perfect score. Oh, I see. Because it's I a think, time game, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think you can get any higher than a certain score. I thought maybe 400-ish is maybe as oh, high right. as it goes. I'm not sure. I'm not the sure. guys are getting close to that, I remember. Yeah, they were. They were yeah. in the 300s when they were doing it. I remember mm. that. Cool. Okay, this is your one. Releases from this month in history. Let's do something a bit different this time. I'm looking at February 1980-something. So these are all from 1980s. Oh, brilliant. So we're looking at 1988, this one. Akumaju Dracula, which is apparently is being confirmed as past part of the Castlevania series of games. Ah, I think so there's been Dracula involved in it. It's got to be Castlevania, mm. isn't it? There's been talk for ages, but apparently someone has confirmed that it is part of the Castlevania series of games. It's not got a very good reputation, apparently. It's a bit crap. But it's extreme. Konami, and Konami did the Castlevania, so it's obvious, isn't it? It's probably yeah. a forerunner to it, maybe. Extremely hard. Mm. Black Widow, 1982. Top game. Even if the title screen says 82, Black Widow was released in February 83. Okay. Mm. Good game, good game. Brilliant colour vector. Can you do your Bruce Forsyth there, please? Good game, good game. Higher, <laughs> lower. Lovely. <laughs> that is one of the, the only colour vectors I would consider having because of the rate of failure. I would have a Black Widow if I get old one. Mm. Really like him. Two big IPs started in February. And in 1987, Contra. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that the first one was February 1987. That was also known as Probotector and Grizor. Yeah, I always knew it as, as Grizor. It was Grizor on the computers, yeah. on the 8-bit computers. I think Probotector on the NES, because my brother had that one. I only found out it was called Contra when, it was in the, when I found out MAME years later. Probotector is something to do. That was the one with the robots in because the German market wasn't allowed. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That makes sense. And the other big franchise was Darius, or Darius, yeah. 1986, the first one. Oh, as early as that, the old three-screen oh, game. Hang on, I've got it written. Even if the title screen says 86, Darius was released in February 87 in Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Firefox, that laser disc game, 1983. Looks good, plays rubbish. Mm-hmm. I've never played it, I saw it and I didn't play it. Yeah, it's not all that. I wish I had now, just to say I played it. Mad Planets, 1983, Gottlieb. That's such a cool game. Yeah, Hard, that, but really cool to play. I want to play that again because I just want to listen to the music. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's good. The actual gameplay with the spinner as well, it's, it's really mad. It does mm-hmm. it just get your adrenaline going. It's a mad game. Mm. Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, which is a Burger Time sequel. Mm-hmm. 1984, that. Data East, yeah, good one from Data East. Mm. Uh, I'll pick this one. Space Dungeon, 1981 Taito. If you pass level 99, you get a yeah, message. right. It goes to level zero again, and it says, you're a hero on level zero. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'll get that far in it. And one I'd never seen before, the adventures, amazing adventures of Mr. F. Lee, Mr. Flea, 1982 Pacific Novelty. And I've put in the notes, must check this out, and I have had a look at it since. It's not that amazing, is it? It's awful. Uh, the first level is like Frogger. Yep. It's very like Frogger. The second level is a bit like the jungle hunt level where you're swinging on the ropes. Yep. And then there's a couple more you're running up hills, which is a bit more like the Jungle Hunt, Jungle King levels. And yeah, when you're doing, you're jumping over the rocks, and there's also a Donkey Kong level. It's just a mm. re- really brightly horrible coloured rip off. Mm. Don't like it. I, I've never heard of Pacific Novelty either. I think they must have been a one-hit wonder. 
I think they might have done a couple of others. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, I have to check that out. Yeah, not a good game. So that's from February 1980-somethings there, kids. Yes. And we get on to the final part, or nearly the final part. Next show's game. Right, it's my pick. Yes. Oh, you're in for something here. I was going to do, I talked to you about it, doing a special. Yes. Where we're going to do the Chinese knockoff board, the 60-in-1 vertical board. Mm. I know so many people who've got these. People who've got arcade machines or super guns, nearly everyone has got a 60-in-1 board. Mm. It used to be a 48-in-1 board, and they upgraded it to 60 games, and there's a few copies. There's different versions of Pac-Man, different versions of Ms. Pac-Man, Junior Pac-Man, Galaga, some slightly different versions, but there there are some good games on there as well. And what Mm. I was going to do is do a special with you where we just discuss the games, have a quick gameplay, talk about Mm. how how well the game is emulated, because it is working on emulation, sort of, and what you think of it. So we will do that when we've both got optical controls, because there's a few optical games on there. And yep. I'm, I'm rushing to get our optical controls finished so we can actually play this. Mm. Uh, so in the meantime, I have chosen a game that is actually on that PCB that I don't own the original for, but I'm looking for it at the moment. I'm looking for the actual machine. Mm. Is Ladybug. Ladybug. From Universal 1981. And guess what? Mm. It's a maze game. I know you like your maze games. I am. It's like crack to me. It's addictive as heck. I love Mm. this game. I used to think it was all right. Now I've really got into it. It's one of those games where you sort of play and go, oh, it's just a maze game, it's a Pac-Man ripoff. And you go, hold on a minute. No, it isn't. It's better. Oh, oh, you can do that. Oh, there's a bonus there. Oh, if I can do this, I can trap the monster. And you just learn things about it. I love games where you've got more tactics and you learn things and you get better at it. And every time I play it, every few games I get a bit better and a bit better. And it's my goal to get 100,000 on it. So you've been playing this, I think, for almost a week, haven't you? Yep. So I'm going to so, reset my scores and start again. So you've got all these... So that's cheating, actually. Be- because in you your play- face? <laughs> Perhaps play- in your face, sir? You've play- been playing before us. That's flat. Yeah, but I've, been play- I've been playing Astro Blaster when I was seven. Makes no difference how good I am now. Oh, yeah, good point. So, Ladybug kids, play Ladybug... And also, play some more games on the 61 if you've got it. They're all pretty good on there. What settings, What settings, Vic? The Hello. settings are... There's a load of settings on there. None of them really make any difference, but it's on easy level Yeah. and three lives. Right. That's easy the only level, interesting bit you need to know about, all right? Okay. Until next time, I'll talk to you in two weeks, and listeners will hear us in two weeks. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Thanks, kids. See you. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered 